Hello, Believers, and welcome to another episode of Believing Bigger with Dr. Shantae. I am so geeked about the guest on our show today because she is near and dear to my heart. Uh, You all know that several years ago, I hosted a branding makeover conference, and she was one of the first people to attend. And I have seen her just grow leaps and bounds from that time. And if you're following her on social media, you already know who I'm talking about, but I am speaking of none other than Kristen Harris. She had a boutique bakery business, Pizzazz Plus, and when she evolved out of that, she just became a spiritual midwife, and she subscribes to the notion that every woman is full of potential and purpose, but just lack the knowledge on how to unlock that potential and to get everything out that God has for them. And so she helps equip them with the tools that they need to get unstuck. And so she is truly ministering to women. She resolutely believes that that is her calling. And in addition to that, you know, she's also helping her own children to birth their own businesses and brands and dreams like that. And so her latest book, God Put Me Up on Game, like just the title of that should tell you like how real she's going to keep it in this interview. But God Put Me Up on Game is her latest release. And so I wanted you guys to listen to Kristen and hear what she's about and how she was able to transition from a business to her calling. And so without any further ado, here is my special guest today, Miss Kristen Harris, God Put Me Up on Game. So, Kristen, when you and I met, it was 2014. You were doing your dessert boutique business, Pizzazz Plus, which she's very excellent at, by the way. And from that time, you have transitioned away from that into something that's a little bit more substantial in terms of being able to to impact people in their lives and, and through the gospel. So just kind of tell us how you transitioned from there, because a lot of people are doing things that they're good at but they're not necessarily passionate about it. It's not necessarily their calling. So tell us how you transitioned from what you were good at and and things that were doing well for you at the time into where you are right now, which I believe is more of your calling. It was the beginning of 2016, and I literally was in my kitchen working on someone's order, and I'm like, God, I am over this. I want to be released. Like, can 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 this be over? And he's like, yes, (laughs) you are released. And one thing that I remember in that moment was that God told me possess was never your destination. It was a vehicle that I was using to put you out there because you would not have jumped out there on your own. And so mm. being in business really put me in the forefront. Um, it put me around people that I would have never known. I mean, I would have, I would have never met you. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Exactly. It put me around people that I would have never encountered. And it it, it kind of gave me the confidence to really start moving in my lane. And it also began to um, give me influence. Like, it, well, I already had influence, but it helped me to recognize that I had influence, you know, over people to, to use it in a positive way. And so mm-hmm. that's kind of when I shifted and I was ready to just completely walk away from pizzazz. But people kept me locked up in that thing because they were like, oh, you're so good at this. We love it. We need you. I'm like, yeah, but this is not where God called me to be. And mm. so it literally took, I would say, probably over a year to completely let Pizzazz go. And I haven't let it go all the way now because my, well, I have let it go, but my daughter has taken over. That's a different story. But um, I shifted and I went back to what I've been doing all my life. And that's right. I wrote my very first book, which is Empower Moments for the Everyday Mom. 
from there, it's like God was like, yeah, now you're on track. It's time for me to use you to change the lives of my daughters. And that's just kind of pretty much it in a nutshell. So through that, I have, I guess you could say over the years, I have evolved into this spiritual midwife. And I've just really Mm. embraced that term this year. Let me be honest. And it's only April. So, (laughs) (laughs) so, you know, couple two, three months ago, I was calling myself the figurative midwife because I don't want people to think I'm actually out here, you know, helping people give birth to their, their babies in the, in a delivery room or something. But I recognize that I had this gift to help women really push past things that have been holding them back for years. Because one thing, you know, people would look at me and they're like, man, Chris, I don't know. Like you just say you're going to do something that you do it. Like you really have the ability to just leap. And I thought that that was normal because it, it does come so naturally to me. I thought that everyone had that ability, but God's like, no, they don't, but I'm going to use you to help them get to a point where they can start living life on purpose and doing the things that I have called them to do. So that's it in a nutshell. I don't know. It's just, it, it, I, I just decided one day that, you know what, I'm done. okay, God, what do you want me to do? And here I am. So there's a lot of there's a lot in that. So let's unpack it a little bit. You know, Mm -hmm. one of the things that you said that kind of stood out to me was this notion of I was in a business. I was making money. People were wouldn't even let me walk away from it. You know, I was very good at it, but it wasn't my calling. Like it, it, it wasn't my destination. It was just a vehicle. Okay, you know, to get me to this point. But, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are doing things that are, quote, unquote, making money and things like that. And I listening to this like, now, girl, I can't walk away from no job. You know, I can't walk <laughs> away from no debt now. Nah, what you, you know, bills got to be paid. I can't pay bills with passion, you know. So, so what do you say to that? Well, you know what? I'm going to say, in all fairness, it was a little easier for me to walk away from pizzazz because I had already done it before. I had walked away from my good engineering job. <laughs> years ago to pursue that good well, college I, job. Yeah, that good college job. I have a degree in civil engineering, so that's, a lot of people don't know that about me, but I do. I come from that engineering background, so I was able to walk away from that, well, the first time. The second time, I got pushed out because I was laid off, because I did go back because I missed my check. So um, <laughs> I would say, <laughs> you know, I'm like, wait a minute now. What, I don't know if this is a good decision, but Having done that before, it made it easier. But the second, well, the third time around with pizzazz, I think what really helped me was that there's no amount of money for me that's ever going to give me peace if I'm not doing what God has called me to do. Like, I Mm -hmm. just have no rest in that. My spirit is uneasy. And so I'm at a place now where I just love Everything I do is so gratifying because I know that someone's life is being changed. Mm-hmm. For me, doing pizzazz, no one's life was being changed. Their parties were being amazing, but right. their lives were not being changed. And and it just, I just had so much more purpose than that. And so for me, it was just, I'm like, you know what? I need to fulfill this thing because until you get to that point where you are really doing what God has caused you to do and walking and living life on purpose, there's always going to be some unrest in your spirit. You got that right. And what I love that you said is that 
I have evolved into this place. You know, um, sometimes we're not ready to to really state and put out there, say, this is what I am and this is what I'm doing. Sometimes we're so afraid, you know, to mm-hmm. say that this is my destiny, that this is my calling, that this is the lane, you know, for fear that it's either not going to happen. And, and more often than not, we just don't think that we are that special. We don't think that we deserve those things. And who am I to say that I'm going to be someone who ushers purpose into the lives of other mm-hmm. people? You know, I got my own problems and, and things like that. Something else that you said, and so this is, I'm asking this question because sometimes people go into a place of purpose and platform building with really great intentions and kind of feel like, you know, well, I can help everybody. But you said specifically, I am called to women, which mm-hmm. means, fellas, we love you, but Kristen <laughs> is not for you. Okay, so, I, so how I'm did not. you make that determination? Because I know you get those questions because I got them for years. It was like, when are you going to do something for the men? And when are you going to do something with the men? And, and men and men. And when I did the 12, that was the first time that I had worked with men. But mm-hmm. you are, are called women. So how did you get comfortable with saying this is who I'm called to and this is who I'm not? I think it was just a matter of the, the people that, that, that God was sending to me. Before I even, you know, officially, quote unquote, walked into this 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 industry or walked into this realm of positioning myself to, you know, empower women and to be their midwife. I've always just had women come to me and I was helping them. And for me, that was a clear invitation of where I was supposed to be serving. Um, I tell people all the time, I'm not called to, I'm, I'm called to one thing, okay? <laughs> That's my husband. <laughs> so anything I want to try out to see if it, if it actually works, I'm going to try it out on him. Um, I do, just like you said, I have men who have come through, like my scribe tribe. I've, I've worked with a few men, but I'm very clear that it's just the women. Like, I teach women how to live life on purpose. I can't teach a man how to live life. I've never lived as a man. I'm just clear that that's who I'm called to. And, you know, believers, I I wanted Kristen to bring that point out because it's not to say if you're a woman, you can't work with men. And it's not to say if you're a man, you can't work with women. But I think that there's something very important about knowing what your lane is mm-hmm. and staying in it. Because sometimes when you try to serve everybody, you're not really serving anybody because you don't have either the frame of reference or the experience or the wherewithal, you know, to be able to effectively work with certain populations, you know, you have to kind of know what the threshold is. Like, so for me, for instance, I I know I, I cannot work with children. I love them. <laughs> I have them. I cannot. Have them. Yeah, but I, I cannot. <laughs> I'm unable, you know, but some people are really called to inspire passion and purpose and take them on field trips and all that. Yeah. John, but I know that that is not who I am. That's <laughs> not who God called me to be. And it's okay to say that this is my lane, this mm-hmm. is my niche, and this is where I'm going to grow and, and develop and nurture other people. Absolutely. I, I agree with you. I'm, I'm not called to the children either. I, my children ministry, it stops at my front door. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Which is a good transition, by the way. So, you know, Kristen has three beautiful daughters. They all have their own personalities. I mean, like, really, they could be their own reality show. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that you're doing is that you're managing 
your platform, your businesses, your clients, your scribe tribe, because Kristen helps people, you know, with book development and things like that. But then you're also managing, you know, these emerging talents in your daughters. And so how are you doing all of that? Because a lot of people, when they're trying to pursue their passion and things like that, family is kind of what gets short strip. Family is what gets left behind. Oh, they'll understand or they'll, I'm, I'm going to have to make the next recital or, or whatever the case may be. So can you speak to the ones who do have families to manage? How are you bringing all of these things together? Well, first of all, let me say last year, very close to the beginning of the year, the one thing that God said to me is that you will never be out here helping everybody birth, and you can't do that in your own family. Mm. So <laughs> it's like well. everything that you do is going to start right here in your own home. And so I was like, okay, well, checkmate. So my daughter, uh, specifically Genesis, she she came to me and she like she wanted to write a book. And so I, you know, again, I, I run a scribe tribe. I help people do this. So I can do this in my sleep. So I, and I helped her do it. But one thing I have to be honest is that I have not been able to manage. I can't do everybody at, at the same time. And so I have sat down with my children and had a conversation with them. I'm very aware of their goals. And so right now it's just, it's Genesis time. She's the one who gets all of, I'm going to say all of mommy, but she gets the monitor time right now. So we're building her career, quote unquote, and her platform. The next in line is the person who has drawn up their plans. And so she, she's coming up next, Kai. And then Charisma's, Charisma understands that she's coming right behind her. And so I don't try to do it all at one time because it's just one of mommy. And so I have to be realistic with my expectations. The other thing is that I'm very, very strict about my work schedule. You know, working for yourself, it's easy to always be working. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my kids, the first kid walked in the door at around 10 minutes to 3. 3 o'clock until they go to bed at 8.30, it's all about my family because mm. I try to turn everything off. So I don't want to have phone calls. I don't want to have any sessions with anybody. I don't want to have any meetings. You know, as much as possible, I try to keep that time dedicated to my family so that they understand that I'm everything I'm doing is for them. I don't want them to resent me or resent the things that I'm doing or resent the people that I'm helping. So I try to make sure that they understand that between those hours, they are my priority. You know, five heartbeats. Big Red said, my office hours are from <laughs> nine to five. You know, and believers, the thing is that that's really important because when you do neglect people in your family or you do neglect relationships and things like that, it can absolutely create some tension, some resentment and things like that. And one of the books that I have always recommended on this podcast is The One Thing. You know, mm-hmm. so what you said was, you're like, hey, we're focusing on the one thing with this one child right now. And then once that gets to a certain level, then we will focus on the one thing with the next child mm-hmm. that's in the queue, you know, with their platform and, and such, because believers, you cannot do it all, you know, and we're not designed for that. We're not built for that. I actually had this conversation yesterday with my students at the college, and we talked about the five regrets of the dying. And the number two regret was 
I wish I hadn't worked so much because you can work, 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 work and realize that you've missed so much life of mm-hmm. the people that love you and care about you that it was like it was almost all for what? You know, yes, bills are important. Yes, you know, we have financial obligations that we need to meet. But we also have family and loved ones and people like that, you know, that that need us and require us. And even if you don't have children, some of us have parents who are getting on in years or or having health mm-hmm. issues. I know I can speak to that. And they need and want your time, too, because I've been guilty of, of that being so driven and in my lane and my family is like hey hey ho ho yeah do we know you you know like can we get some of your attention and so it it definitely requires that shift so i want to get to the nitty-gritty you have a new book coming out yay Yay. (laughs) and i love this title this title Kristen is just so real she's just like you know bougie gangster you know so the name of her book (laughs) God put me up on game. So tell me, what the heck does that mean? God put me up on game. What does that title mean? What is it saying? Who is it for? And what is it supposed to help people do? Tell us all about it. God put me up on game. So first of all, let me say that I didn't even know that God put me up on game was a book. So God put me up on game has literally been um, in the works since 2015, because it started from just me journaling. I, I was writing because I, I was in a very uh, dark place in 2015. I talked very candidly about it in a lot of places. I don't know. I, I talked so much. I don't even know where this story is written all day. But I, that's when I slipped into depression. And so I started journaling, you know, then. And I would just write little snippets here. And it, it was everywhere. It was in my journal. There were voice recordings on my phone. There were notes in my notepad on my phone like it was everywhere some sometimes on my laptop and so it was I would say um maybe last year when I realized oh my god this is a book and that's when um I got God put me up one game and so what happens with game that word game I feel like you know so many times it has a negative connotation you know we think guys are running game or you know he's he, he's trying to you know, basically run games to, to get what he wants. Play want. games and things yeah, like exactly. that, right. But even when game is being used for the wrong reasons, what game is, is still, it's the information that you need to get what you desire. And so in the instance with a guy, he's, he's using the information that he has to ultimately get what he desires from a woman or whatever it is he's trying to do. And so when God put me up one game he's basically telling downloading information that i need to be successful to get to the next level to learn from my circumstances and so in the book i basically share it's a collection of short stories and they span my entire life it's not in chronological order or anything um, but it spans my entire life literally from birth up until today or the day that i've that that volume was done and that was the other thing it's actually going to be this is a series of books because there was so much that I could share but I just I'm like okay God we got to cut this off and so it's all these short stories and it's the the lessons and the information that God gave me from these circumstances and so there's God I mean I'm sorry there's game from the man which is God upstairs 
but then there's game from the man because anyone who knows me in social media knows that my husband is man. So there's game from my marriage that I have garnered over the last 13 years. There's game from the parentals because my parents, they, they put me up on game. But essentially, even if it's my parents putting me up on game, even if it's the circumstances, even if it's, I, I talk about a lot of books that I read in, in the um, book. And so even if it's game that I got from books, essentially all of that is from God. The, the experiences, the people who wrote the books, you know, he imparted the wisdom into them. And I got the game from there. And so my goal is to share the good game because I do firmly believe Revelation 12, 11, that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So I'm sharing the game. God didn't give me the game to hoard it all to myself. He gave me the game to share. The game is to be told. I know we've been taught that the game is not to be told or sold or none of that, but I'm sharing the game freely. Well, for a small price of the book. <laughs> you said for, for the bargain price of, you know, you know, but, but no, I appreciate the concept of that is that, you know, sometimes we are not as reflective as we need to be and mm-hmm. say, you know, what has God taught me through this experience? You know, because that was the issue with the children of Israel. They just wouldn't get the lesson. And so they just mm-hmm. wandered and they wandered. But some of us have you know, we've taken a few laps in the wilderness and finally said, oh, okay, I got mm-hmm. it now. Oh, okay, I've touched the hot stove a few times. I got it now. And then sometimes when we transition out of those places, we tend to get selective amnesia, you know, and then go to church acting like the frozen chosen, like, well, the Lord has been walking with me. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but you was ratchet about two, three years ago, so don't. Don't get beside yourself. Yeah. You know? and, and those are the stories that people need to hear is that, you know, through some of the challenges that we experience through childhood, you know, like what is God trying to show me in this situation? And to your point, black people have been, you know, maligned and accused of being people that don't want to share information, especially in Chicago. You know, don't mm-hmm. you see that on social media all the time? Girl, I went to Mississippi and they were so yes. nice. Girl, I went to Atlanta and they were so yes. nice. I went down to Florida and it was just so much love. But Chicago, oh, 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 you know, they just hating up there. You know, yes. so for you to be a Chicago when that is like, look, you know, what God has for me is for me. I'm freely sharing, you know, this knowledge and, and through these experiences so that you can benefit is just really a blessing. Yes, yes, yes. I think, I think it's just so key. Like I, I don't lose anything from sharing information. And I think that, you know, maybe there is that type of spirit over Chicago. And I thank God that I don't suffer from that. I'm not affected by that. But I feel like, you know, maybe it is a gift that God has given me, but it's such a key gift for what God has called me to do. Like, I can't not, I can't not share and expect to help women and impact their lives. And so I, I give up the game freely because God gave it to me, you know. And here's the thing. I, this is so key. I think that as long as I'm sharing the game, God's going to keep giving it to me. And as long as he's giving me the game, then I'm going to keep on advancing. I'm going to keep on leveling up. So, hey, I'm sharing it all because every every time I open my mouth and give you something, he has to give me some new information because I can't keep sharing the same information over and over again. But, you know, that's part and parcel to the word. We've had this conversation, believers, the Bible says, okay, so if you're talking about the principle of giving, and we always mm-hmm. think about money, right? But the Bible says, give, and it what? Shall be given, shall be given. to you. 
You know, mm-hmm. we are in this mentality that if I hold it, if I hoard it, well, if I only share it with a select few. No, the Bible says give and it shall be given to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Like you give the little bit that you have, but you're going to get it. The return on that is going to be one of such abundance that it's really in your best interest to give. And some of us, we just have not quite grasped that yet. So tell yeah. us, where can we find this book? What's the website? Where can we find you and, and find out more about what you're doing? You can find the book on my website, KristenRHarris.com. Um, you, you know you got to spell your name because there's a million. Yeah, let me, yeah, let me spell that. This is the only real way to spell Kristen, okay? <laughs> K-R-I-S-T-E-N. <laughs> yeah, E-N, like 10, perfect 10. I always, always tell people. But KristenRHarris.com. You can also find me on all social media platforms with the same handle at Kristen R. Harris. And you can find the book there in my store. It will be out officially on April the 20th. Out officially on April the 20th. So, Kristen, thank you so much <laughs> for being on the show. I, I appreciate you. And I'm just really, I'm proud of you. You know, I've seen you kind of handle that transition. And it wasn't easy, folks. You know, going from business and entrepreneurship, you know, into kind of more purposeful um, platform building mm-hmm. and things like that. But you know what? I've watched the response to Kristen, and that just gives you so much confirmation when you are doing things that are in alignment with what he would have you to do, because he sends people to you and all the doors, you know, just kind of fling right open. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just very proud that to, to be able to have watched that evolution. And I can't wait to see what you do next, my love. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. And thank you so much for having me. You know, this is one of my favorite podcasts, so I am honored to be here. It is, y'all. People pumping me up on social media, and I appreciate it. So if you have any questions, comments, takeaways, hit me up at Dr. Sante Says or Kristen at Kristen R. Harris. Get the book. Read all about it. Wait a minute. Is there a book club coming? You know, I'm always trying to add to your love. There is. There is. So I'm going to do it. It's going to happen sometime in May. You know, I'm going on the uh, Tom Joyner cruise, the Fantastic Voyage. I'm teaching some seminars on there. So you go ahead, my, girl. Yeah, praise God. Okay. So um, my mind is all on that right now, but in May, we got some stuff coming up with the book club. I'm excited. And I can't wait. So you guys, make sure you follow her on social media so that you can read all about it. And I will see you guys next time. Mm-hmm.